three, two, one. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. That nice. was a quote from Halo. <laughs> Collect, what? Uh, Combat Evolved. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks, and this is Sardonicast. Who else is here? I'm Randy the Ram Robinson. And I'm Alex Maichi. Um Yeah, nice uh, Mass Effect reference. So yeah. you've been playing it lately or what? Yes. Yeah, I'll be playing it today. We're recording on a weird day, but I'll be doing my stream later, mm. and uh, I'll be uh, exploring the galaxy and kissing Garrus, and that's about it. It's just those two. Hell yeah. When was the last time you <laughs> played uh, Mass Effect 2? Many years ago, and I'm very glad that I waited for this collect- this Legendary Edition, because it was just like a rumor or whatever, and I was itching yeah, to yeah, do same. another playthrough, because Scoot had never seen the games before, so he's expe- er, experiencing them fresh for the first time. Oh, cool. And so... Yeah, I waited, and then they announced it, and uh, now we're back in the land of space and alien tits, and <laughs> it's a crazy universe with adventure. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what you think yeah. uh, all these years later. I mean, I, I still love it. I, it I'm already on the second one, so mm-hmm. like my yeah, yeah. second legendary edition. There's a lot cool. that I appreciate about the series. Like, really great writing for, like, universe building and... Oh, amazing lore. Yeah. That, yeah, that codex, all the races and everything. It's yeah. so much fun. Really good backstories for everything. Have you played Mass Effect, Ralph? Yeah, I've played it, like, when it came out, of mm-hmm. course. So, I, I haven't played the new remastered one. Mm-hmm. I'm not that huge of a fan of it, but I remember liking them. Mm-hmm. I remember the third one, like, blew out my speakers, because, like, the alien creatures yeah, yeah, have, yeah. like, those giant ships. And, like, Point blew Mansell, out my speakers, literally. Channeling crazy. the Inception yeah, really score. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been playing, um, you guys know the Bioshock games, yes, right? Yes, I do. Like, yeah, Bioshock yeah. and Bioshock Infinite. They made System Shock before those Mm, and those are like company? really old. I, I believe so. I, I mean, it was Ken Levine's the same... like game, wasn't it? Oh. Before yeah. Bioshock. Yeah. yeah, I guess okay. it has Shock in the title, and it's a similar kind of game if you play it, except it's set on a spaceship. I played it's really System old, Shock though. Two. Yeah, System Shock Two. That's what I'm playing. Okay, I yeah. tried playing System Shock One too, which is cool, but it's like really like those games are super old. Like you watch the intro. I heard that Two is the really good one, so I, n- I didn't even touch one. Two yeah, is great. Yeah. That. One is pretty good, but you have to be, like, accustomed to that old kind of... Wait, I'm going to, like, play the opening. It's, like, really... You could hear, like, how... Uh... <laughs> it's open on your laptop? <laughs> it's open on my phone right here. Oh. You're playing it you on could, your... You could tell just, like, how old of a game it is. fucking like, telephone? Just... <laughs> yeah, it's on your fucking phone. <laughs> 7 April 2072. 11.13 p.m. It's like, like, what the fuck? Like, it's you can tell it's like a PS One hour game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's cool though. So that's what I've been playing. Yeah, instead of new stuff. That's totally okay because I there's a wealth yeah. of older games that need to be played. You know, exactly. I figured like it's about time. I want to try Earthbound. I feel like I would I would enjoy Earthbound. Yeah, which is apparently the yeah. second or third in a series or something, and I just don't even fucking know. I'll have to look it up. I don't know if it's that important. Have you played, like, the old Game Boy Pokemon games, Ralph? I played Pokemon Go. That's, like, the most I've done. <laughs> that's not a real Pokemon I mean, game. Yeah, that's hardly even a Pokemon <laughs> game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Red and blue. I watched a couple episodes of awesome. Pokemon when I was young, yeah. or, like, as a kid. That's it. 
Yeah, yeah. I've never played any of those games. You need a Game Boy. Yeah, or, you need like a Game Boy Advance or a Nintendo or an something. emulator on the computer. Yeah, which I never plays. got that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, at this point, you can do that, but like when it came out, you couldn't do that. I don't think, right? I mean, I was never no. a big Nintendo person. Like, I never had the. I had a Wii. Mm. Everyone had a yeah. Wii. Yeah, because Wii was okay. Yeah, the uh, Steam Deck's coming out, and so yeah, I'm very happy because I'll finally be able to play N64 games on a Switch-like console. <laughs> <laughs> because Nintendo yeah, yeah. won't sell them, <laughs> except for like yeah, course, what? Yeah. Just the one in like the Mario Pack that they stopped selling after like 30 days because they're assholes. I'm like, I just want to know if it's against Twitter TOS for me to take a picture of me running an emulator on my Steam Deck with a giant middle finger <laughs> and adding the Nintendo Twitter account. Because if that's against TOS, I won't do that. But if it is, I, I do want to keep my Twitter account. Like, that's what I feel like doing. Because, like, holy fuck. Just, like, this is exactly what we needed, in my opinion. I, I don't often hype things up before they're out, but the concept of what it is, of, like, damn... I always wanted to have something where I could like play Halo on the airplane, you know, or just play what I mm -hmm. want on the airplane and not have to like have a whole yeah. laptop thing, right? And the fact is linked to Steam as well. Yeah. Everyone already has their library. Exactly. Exactly. And you can run Windows on it or Linux or whatever operating system you want and you can install emulators. So like you're set. You're set. Like it might not be the yeah. most powerful running machine, obviously, but I think it opens the door to you know if it, if it's successful then it tells other companies like oh maybe perhaps investing in this kind of hardware is actually something we should be doing because because it's steam os and because it's so integrated with steam's library they're going to be making the revenue off of the theoretical steam game sales that are associated with the physical product i'm pretty sure they're selling the uh the hardware at like a loss which is what a lot of co uh console manufacturers yeah do, that's common right? yeah it's crazy. Mm. I put a reser reservation on for one of them. So I'll let you know. I'll let you know if it's really disappointing, but I'm hoping it won't be. Even if it's only 30 FPS, I really don't care because the portability is a huge factor. And then, you know, obviously it'll get better with time. But you got you to gotta become an early adopter to tell, tell people that, they, uh, that yeah. there's a market for it. No, it's good the Switch has some competition. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Nintendo need it. Yeah, they, they have some tricky little things going on sometimes. Be it like that Mario thing you said, or just the way they treat YouTube content and stuff. They got some draconian measures over there sometimes. Yeah, that, that's that's the right way to describe them. They're they're <laughs> surprisingly anti-consumer. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, because yeah. they just know they can get away with it because their games yeah. are so good generally. They're like evil. Yeah, Nintendo <laughs> is like kind of like it. a brand personality thing in the same way that Disney is. So you're always going to have Nintendo yeah, fans yeah. just yeah, like you have Disney, Disney fans. Yeah, but Disney isn't as bad as them. What? They're not as bad. Sorry? I don't think so, no. In what way? Really? Nope. Well, I, what are you going to argue? That Disney just changed no, copyright Disney, laws? No, no, I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. So there's independent Please. theater chains like uh, the Rio in Vancouver and many others that would do 
midnight screenings of something like the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, or other Fox-owned titles. And as soon as Disney bought them, they're like, no, we're not doing rescreenings because they love their fucking Disney vault or whatever. It, they don't call it that, yeah. but they love withholding entertainment by forcing theater chains to essentially be like, oh, the only thing we can play is the new Black Widow movie right now. Disney is completely yeah. blackmailed well, theater the chains. That, vault thing. Yeah, not just the Disney vault, but like the, the way they operate with th- theater companies, they'll be like, you have to be playing this movie for this long and this many screens or else we're not going to let you play any Disney movie ever again. And they blackmail them in that way. So yeah, they're pretty fucking yeah. bad. And I don't want them to own yeah. more content and more studios, really. I think it would be better if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Disney Vault is a bad idea. Yeah, that's that is like a draconian kind of. Yeah, thing. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I think I think drawing the comparison between Nintendo and Disney. Well, is well, you can criticize Disney fair. movies. I mean, and they, for the most part, even using footage, and they, for the most part, I I don't know many examples where they take extreme measures like Nintendo. Yeah. with that shit. I only think just it's a loss in translation thing. But yeah, it's so drastic. no, because Sony does not do that. So it's not clearly yeah. it's not the fact that they're Japanese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nintendo's mm-hmm. just like the really behind the times oh, right. when it comes they're, to it's just evil. <laughs> no, just I'm, don't I, do I, it. I, I, I'm not trying to uh, oversimplify no, it that that's way. That's my but, opinion. Okay. <laughs> I think yeah, they're just uh, they try to do what they can get away with doing, and Sony does that to an extent also with their let's yeah. pretend people don't want backwards compatibility thing. Mm-hmm. So right now, Microsoft seems to be like the only console manufacturer that's like at least giving us the impression of being pro-consumer. And this is uh, something that has changed within the past five it's years. Just because they lost so hard. <laughs> yeah, be- they lost because they were anti-consumer. Like <laughs> well, that's, that's the whole backlash point, yeah. to yeah, the exactly. Xbox One, right? So they that had isn't to even change, that bad right? necessarily. So sure, yeah. being for the consumer. I mean, if 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 there are companies that are essentially saying, hey, we're going to be pro-consumer. Let's see if this is profitable. I want to help make that profitable. That's something yeah, that same. we should be doing if we want pro-consumer things. If we if we give profit incentive to anti-consumer tactics, like anybody who bought the limited edition Mario game thing that they decided to stop selling because they want you to buy it as quickly as possible, if you're one of those people, you're saying, Nintendo, please continue doing anti-consumer bullshit. This, I'm sorry, but that's what you're doing. You're giving them money for anti-consumer practices. So, yeah. And I didn't see The Lion King 2019 in theaters because I didn't want <laughs> to encourage them. So it's all everybody else's fault but mine. And I give money to bad companies too. And I'm not an angel. I have an Apple computer. So I eat Nestle products sometimes. Bad companies like Amazon. Yeah. You know, Microsoft, or like Bill Gates, like he's a, you know, He's an abuser. I don't know. <laughs> like there's shades of everything. So don't <laughs> use Microsoft because you endorse that. Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. You could say that about anything. Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah. Same shit with them. Every kind of soft. <laughs> what is it? Blizzard right now is like dealing with yeah, like a harassment lawsuit that they keep losing. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like Ubisoft kind of has that. Hmm. Well, the moral of the story is no matter what you do as a consumer human being on this planet, you're supporting you're supporting something evil. <laughs> Mere <laughs> existence much, uh, is pain. Yeah, there's like uh, synecdoche, everybody. Exactly. 
so speaking of pain, we saw a movie called The Tomorrow War starring Chris Pratt, and it was the most watched an- movie on speaking in of the pain. entire Amazon rainforest. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Okay. It wasn't that bad. All right. <laughs> what did you think, bro? Uh, what, do you want to describe like the plot briefly? I guess I made a review of it. I could do it briefly. Sure. Like yeah. the plot. Summarize it's it like, for uh, us. Chris Pratt has a family, and then he's watching oh, yeah. a football game. And, <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. Thank you for that being the first thing you said about Chris Pratt is that he has a family because that is a part of like, oh, that's just so perfect. Yeah, that's, that's that's it, right? He, that's and his then, character. And watching a football that's game. literally his character is he has a family. Uh-huh. <laughs> People from the future teleport in, and they say, you know, there's a war in the future. We need to teleport you into the future for a week for a war. <laughs> they drive Chris Pratt. They fight aliens for a week in the future, right? And he meets his... I, and, and I guess we can go into spoilers. Spoilers, everybody. There, the, you know, it's crazy in the future. There's, like, tons of shit going on. Um, one of the things is that the he guns meets, have like, infinite people ammo. from the past. Yeah. He meets, like, his daughter, um, stuff like that in the, in the future, and she's fighting in the war. And that's a huge part of the movie. She created the R Squad or whatever it was called. Sure. I guess the only thing I didn't mention was J.K. Simmons plays his dad. And the he's, only good he's performance. He's a Vietnam veteran. Yeah, he was pretty good. J.K. Simmons is like a, a Vietnam vet, and he's like uh, I don't know. He he's distant from Chris Pratt. He didn't. They don't have a good relationship. He thinks Chris Pratt isn't manly enough. Is what he said. He was calling Chris <laughs> yeah, Pratt like yeah. a pansy. Like oh, I'm, look at you, metrosexual feminine Chris Pratt. Like what the? Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe it was supposed to be someone different in the script, and they just got Chris Pratt. You don't see him for like fucking most of the movie, and yeah. then he comes back at the end. They, it's, they just the it's just for the end. It's just it's just for the reunite so with my father thing. Reunite <laughs> yeah, with father. Yeah. Reunite with daughter. Family. It's like th- these things yeah. exist in the script just to do that nonsense, and that's the only. It's an excuse why. for fucking action scenes that look like a video game. Like it's just a bunch of CGI yep. aliens. It is a very the got video nothing to movie. them. It's a ripoff of you know. There's a queen. The aliens just got like it's yeah. You know, insert alien about movie. Them. Just monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Any alien movie, it's like you know, hive mind, fucking whatever. It's the same shit you've seen a million times. It's cool if you just want to watch a bunch of action. Like, it's but not it's the worst not fucking thing I've ever seen. I mean, because the action doesn't but, even like, start what, until it's an mindless. hour through the movie. You know, it's so it's mindless, and it's also it I think it's a harmless film too. Like, harmless. there's nothing. I got. Uh, it's mostly not offensive. It's not like a Michael Bay. It's not like Transformers Dude, Two. I have where, cancer uh, now. You know, it's just fucking painful. <laughs> I just from this film. I like okay. giving like every movie like a chance, right? Like a a good investment time. I, and normally my rule is like if if there's nothing by the end of the first act, then there's like a real good chance that there's just nothing for me in in this movie. And that's kind of what happened here. By the end of the first act, like I, I was like, I don't really need to make any notes for this. I'm pretty confident what we have in my hands here. <laughs> and like the, the title, The Tomorrow War, is so similar to Edge of Tomorrow from yeah. 2014. Um, yeah. Lots of similarities with that movie, except that movie had way more going on for it. It was a much better action movie. It was better basically in every single way. And this is like a, a nerfed version of that with this... What we have to talk about, Chris Pratt, because I'm getting, I'm getting like annoyed with him um, in all these roles, these leading roles where I'm starting to, yeah, I'm just starting to see Christopher Pratt 
instead of like characters you, you know like he it, has a he's family, good in though. the guardians <laughs> movies but yeah but when he's coming out with the tomorrow war and these jurassic park movies and like passengers it's like all the same character and it's pretty that, that is, it, it is the writing i think that's the weakest thing about it there's some okay <laughs> concepts but none of it None of it really gets any true development or payoff. Like, there's a huge reveal towards the end where it's, like, revealed that, oh, they're not actually aliens. There were experiments from under the ice that were, like, invented underground and, like, break. No, break. they were <laughs> aliens that were, but in, so they were, like, well, here was my, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I, here was my understanding was that there was an alien ship that crashed in the Arctic and they were frozen for a while and the aliens that ravaged everything were the experiments of the other aliens so like there were like humanoid right. aliens yeah, yeah. that weren't attacking and i guess they died and you know just weren't unthawed properly <laughs> but then because of some sort of heating of the earth that they do not call global warming in this movie <laughs> 50 years later <laughs> yeah. they get unthawed and ravage russia first and people are like how did they get here we didn't even see them land yeah, that was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to War of the Worlds and the thing buried, you know, underwater, underground. It's just, you know, a bunch of other science fiction movies. Alien, mm-hmm. Edge of Tomorrow, right. Um, Annihilation. <laughs> just a million other things. <laughs> At least with Edge of Tomorrow, the time travel mechanic actually served a purpose in the plot and in the way that the film works from like a practical like just a, the storytelling yeah, level yeah. you know whereas the only reason that time travel is a thing in this movie is to service the twist at the end where they say oh even though i'm back in the past now i can still kick their ass that's the otherwise mm-hmm. there's no point of this movie having the time travel mechanic because he goes forward once and comes back that's it and it's like mm-hmm. what you could have just written a movie where it already is the future and you fight aliens but they didn't. Why? Just so he, literally, just so he could go back in time and be like, "But there's still a second chance to kick their ass before they unthaw." And I'm gonna go in here with like seven middle-aged people, and we're just gonna take care of this ourselves without the help of any government. Because what was the quote? It was like, "Yeah, we'll tell the UN, and then they'll just uh, will die while they all figure out how to." do it diplomatically or something yeah. like that yeah they'll mm-hmm. just talk yeah, about exactly. it and then we'll It'll all die take too long like i don't know maybe right. go back for like more artillery or something like now that you found it like maybe maybe come up with a better plan like you know they're going to be frozen in there for for a lot longer you know that for a fact because yeah. they were because you come from the future they figure it out in a high school classroom from one of the students yeah <laughs> chris pratt's also a teacher like it's so stupid it just doesn't like it, it it's really contrived their entire plan (laughs) relies on the um the serum or whatever the toxin the toxin working that had never been tested before ever and was created in one day (laughs) and it was like overnight like the toxin's done okay and he goes back with it and i guess he just had a bunch of you know he was able to manufacture more of it or something i don't he brought back one and then there were a bunch of them but yeah yeah he'd never been tested injected it into the the main alien was that it was that like the only one no they had there were aliens in the pods and they injected them into like that's several ones in the pods and then they blew up because one of the characters self-sacrificed and was like if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die cool and they Um, blew up she made like a bunch of them i remember yeah Yeah. 
She made like a whole like tons of vials of them. The one at the they end was the queen, all, and they were afraid that, that she was gonna go like birth all over the place or something. So yeah, yeah, they might have saved like a container on the side, like just keep this one like you know in case like for the future, because you know they could come back. <laughs> I I don't understand why they couldn't. Well, they can't. Well, so okay, this is actually it's it's funny that I get to explain this because I hate this movie the most. Yeah, here we but go. <laughs> so yeah, um, but, but like when you bring it down, nothing makes any sense. Oh, of course, <laughs> that's what that's nothing the makes any the sense <laughs> in Edge of Tomorrow. But Edge of Tomorrow is a better movie because at least it, at least it feels justified. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise isn't the yeah. worst actor ever. Tom Cruise actually is <laughs> a character in that movie. He's like a he's kind of a little bitch. He's like, yeah, like scared of being yeah. fucking drafted in the military, yeah, and then he gets killed. The like good. you know, a hundred times. Like it's interesting. Like yeah, this, it had a personality you know, he's a, he's a to good it. Guy. Also, like, like like you said, um, it's like World War Z, where it's just a guy with the exactly. Family. Yeah, and it's like you know you can have a potato and like a you rock. Know, he has two a potato fan or it was a rock. Yeah, but you know it could be a potato too. It's yeah. like a, he has a potato family, and you feel more sympathy with him. Like, exactly, and same thing with a rock or anything. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not good writing. <laughs> yeah, this this level of simplicity to the writing and the story and the plot and the characters does not justify right. a two hour well, twenty minute film. Like, it's again, so long. Betty Gibbons' character, like, what was her character in this? Like, she had nothing to do. She didn't like the daughter. At least had something to do, but the the wife was just like kind of off to the side. <laughs> she was barely in it. She was there to tell us that he had a wife. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why speaking of Mass Effect too, is Miranda. <laughs> Oh, you yeah. know, it's really funny. I actually installed a mod to restore the butt shots in Mass Effect 2. It was pretty good. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's really fun. I'm not even straight, but I was like, you know, just give people the option. Yeah, this is... That's funny. <laughs> this I is didn't funny. know they removed them. Yeah, because there are some like kind of unflattering ones. But then it like drew too much See, attention to it. That's anti-consumer. I... <laughs> that's anti-consumer. Yeah. Well, at least if you get it on PC, you can get a mod. There was also one that somebody informed me of once we got to that point on the stream. And it was it was restore Miranda's butt farts, and it <laughs> and it what? took the, the same thing, and it added <laughs> fart sounds when it showed her butt, and it was really funny. And the description of the mod made it seem like they were there. The fart sounds were always there the whole time, but they weren't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's about the level of writing, like the characters in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice fart. Yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> It's frustrating because I understand that a lot of people can watch this movie and say like, oh yeah, it's dumb fun action. You know, it's just for, you know, people who want to just see some dumb action. What confuses me about (laughs) that perspective is that the action wasn't there until an hour through the movie and there was a lot of exposition. Mm -hmm. They literally, they had a scene where there was a room full of people raising their hands being like, well... How come? How come we can't just go back and uh, build a second one? And they're like, it, it's held together with chewing gum and chicken wire, as if that's an excuse. Because clearly, the materials to build it already exist in the past. You could just build it in the past with the same materials, right? Anyway, <laughs> like <laughs> that, that scene. They, they have a scene like a where they're making excuses for potential questions that the audience might have. So clearly, we're supposed to be thinking about this sort of thing. Clearly, the film is telling yeah. us that we are supposed to be thinking about this sort of thing. Otherwise, why would you even address it? Go the fucking looper route. Have have Bruce Willis say, it doesn't matter, and then slam the table, and then that's the end of it. I would rather have that. Yeah. Looper is a movie that yeah. isn't even consistent with itself, but at least I can be like, okay, well, whatever. It kind of knows it's stupid, you know? So, okay. I just... This, this film takes itself 
weirdly seriously for a film that's just yeah. so stupid and bad. <laughs> yeah, to the point where I was waiting for some kind of like reveal or twist at the end of the first act kind of thing to reveal that there were kind of more layers to the plot or something, but it is no very right. standard and by the books kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just super unengaging to me. It's just a bunch of stupid action, yeah. What what like action scene stands out in your mind? Like what about the annoying the action ones. actually jumps out of you. I, I vividly remember being very well, annoyed. The whole the airdrop scenes. thing. The whole airdrop. Good thing I landed so in a pool from 300 yeah. feet in the air. Everyone else died. <laughs> like, that was really funny. Um, that makes a difference. But, you know, it's like a video game. It's like all these new battle royale type games. Like that's yeah. what I was thinking yeah. of. Where they all start with you. You have to be it in a like Fortnite. a plane or something, and you jump out <laughs> and you jump onto a city or something. And like they're like, start the movie with that because that's what people like. This one's for the kids, <laughs> even if it doesn't make any sense. But like, but why was it? Why was the there a glitch too? to like? Yeah, they were like, just why, monsters. Very boring. This, yeah. yeah, they're so generic. No, yeah, nothing interesting about them. Nothing to make them to like expand on them or give them character. They're so generic. They're like if you just search for random concept art on Google Images, like yeah. You know, there's, there's no real creative. <laughs> the alien design. Yeah, the alien. They're just mindless monsters. They don't really mm -hmm. represent anything. Exactly. They're mindless monsters. There's yeah. nothing interesting. Nothing in this film feels properly justified from, like, a cinematic perspective. Like, ignore the plot for a second. <laughs> even, even just the actual moments of, like, what music they're going to use or what tone that they're communicating at any given moment, nothing is actually properly built up or justified. And the big example that I'm thinking of is they get dropped into the city, the, what do they call them? White caps? White spikes? White spikes. White spikes. White yeah. spikes are overrunning the city, and then the his daughter, who he doesn't know is his daughter yet, is just the person on the microphone, and she's like, we're going to carpet bomb the city. Uh, sorry. <laughs> they've overrun mm. the city like, okay <laughs> and they get the the ampules from the lab and everybody in the lab is dead and they're running through like you know just super fast just like gotta get it gotta get it whatever and then she's like okay you only have three minutes left we're gonna carpet bomb the city you gotta get out of there he's like okay and then as soon as they get into the stairwell everybody just slows down to a, a fucking halt you know, just like and mm -hmm. like checking around the corners, and the music cuts out. No, there's no longer action music. It's very silent because now this is a, now this is a tension scene. And so Chris Pratt's like looking up, like, "Ooh, are you gonna be one hiding behind here?" And they're all taking their sweet ass time, but there was nothing to justify that. Why didn't they go into any other room on the way there like that? Like they got there without doing that. What about this stairwell is making them go like, "Oh yeah, this." Now we need to be extra precautious, even though there's a, they're about to be car carpet bombed, but the film is literally just going, okay, action music here, no action music there, and that's all that justifies it. It's just, the, it, it, they, they think that they can have editing cues that justify something, but it just, it feels so fake. It feels so phony. Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing feels earned. It's a, a very frustrating experience. Yeah. Like the self-sacrifices like and... Like, how many times did that happen? Like, yeah, there were like three or four different self-sacrifices in this movie now that I think really about it. Really goofy. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Because like, right, <laughs> right when they're about to get carpet bombed, there's the two that are like, no, we'll st they're going to just ch uh, catch up to us. And they yeah. turn around and then decide to die, even though all of them would have died. Any Like, they, the white spikes would have died anyway. Like, they sacrificed themselves yeah, for no reason. they're shooting their machine guns. The black guy <laughs> at the end sacrifices himself. 
or whoever yeah. detonated that thing. Yeah. J.K. Simmons cuts Chris his hat op- hand open future. and sacrifices himself. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, how many of these do we need? Like, it's just, it's such an obvious checklist of bullshit to just manipulate people's emotions <laughs> that I, I just, I don't understand. I, it's very uh, annoying. This is a... This is this is uh, barely a movie. It's just a frustrating experience. <laughs> Do you find the uh, director choice to be quite odd? It's who is this guy? Chris McKay, who did like the Lego Batman movie and yeah. a bunch of Robot Chicken. He directed nineteen episodes of Moral Oral. So an animation background. Yeah, I mean it would Seems make like sense because the movie is a lot of animation. I guess. Um, I don't think yeah. it's that weird. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this was his passion project. Maybe he really wanted to do it. I don't know. Uh, written by yeah. Zach Dean. Who the fuck is that? Nobody. Okay, nobody. Yeah, I looked earlier. It's just nothing. Yeah, that seems to be the, one of the biggest problems to me. It's just there's no foundation to build a story off. There's no good script or plot or anything or characters. It's just nothing. It's just a yeah. visual effect nightmare. They've got the items on the checklist, <laughs> and apparently it works. Yeah. <laughs> apparently it works. It was the uh-huh. most watched movie on the Amazons. Exactly. People loved it. Well, it's very remarkable. We were saying the same thing about um, that Zack Snyder movie with the zombies. I mean, they did. So it it was the most watched matter, thing on Netflix. Like, People yeah, have the sacrificed movie, themselves there, aliens. too. There was yeah, a carpet bombing yeah. that they had to t- the <laughs> timer to rob the bank for, and they were like, got to get out of here, and they donald too. Like, it's the same movie. Yeah, it's the same thing. Fucking garbage. Except there were no it's dead like pixels every week in this we one, so one it's of a these. little bit better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a little more competent, right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, the guy who made the Lego Batman movie made a more competent movie than Zack Snyder. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if we break it down to, like, the simpler elements of the film. So, one of the things I had an issue with was the girl who, who shows up on the uh, football field soccer for ralph she has this weird star on her cheek and i was convinced that like by the end of the movie it'd be like oh well they're gonna explain what that is and then by the end of the movie they didn't and i realized it was just supposed to be a scar but it looked so weird that like i don't know it's probably not a good thing to have people not like actually confused about what something as simple as like a makeup choice is like if you're showing a scar on a character's face it should be obvious like that that's what it is but like me and the other people I was watching it with were just like, what is, is that a scar? Like, we don't know what that is. It looks, it looks so weird and bad. And then even in terms mm-hmm. of like the, um, the sets, like the parts of it that weren't CG, the physical practical sets, like rubble, like this is, it just feels like a movie set. Yeah. It just, nothing totally. felt like what the film was telling us it was in the context of the story. It was a movie set where a movie actor populates the screen and that's it it was <laughs> yeah i'm watching someone that's how all of army of the dead felt like the mm-hmm. vegas yeah. street felt like a set in army of the dead yeah <laughs> that's how most of that movie felt yeah yeah it's just the new amazon product it's depressing yeah yeah that's how a lot of movies are gonna be you did it jeffrey it's depressing yeah yeah <laughs> thanks jeff cowboy jeff oh. yeah Jeff Bezos, he's going <laughs> off to uh, space. Oh, he's. I think he already did. <laughs> yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> uh, is, is that it for Tomorrow War? 
I mean, I could complain about it a bit more. I thought that the fucking stupid, yeah. the uh, the shot where they're being overrun on the the in the ocean place where they use the time machine, and she has the serum, and they're doing the experiments or whatever the toxin, and then the white spikes overrun the location, and they're doing the whole like choo chooty pow pow, and then by the end of it. <laughs> They're like the last people left, and she's like, I've been stabbed. Help. He's like, I won't let, I will save you. I won't let this happen to you. And she falls into them, and Chris Pratt is just like, no, and jumps after her. And you can tell that the movie thinks that looks super cool, and like the slow-mo, and like, <laughs> oh, it's like a Renaissance painting, or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they think it is. <laughs> like, yeah. But it was yeah. like, it not as, only does it just look bad, <laughs> like it's just a big computer thing, <laughs> but like, yeah, what, no nothing justified like Chris Pratt has had this explained to him so many times throughout the course of the movie about how time travel works and he just doesn't get it he's like I can't let you die just here I can't he literally says to her I can't just leave you here as I go back to the past and change the future like you know that you would be creating you would be preventing her from dying if you just go back so what's your deal why are you why do you have an issue with this like he doesn't seem to understand it in a way where it seems like the movie thinks that the audience would have a misunderstanding in that same way i don't know <laughs> it's it's very frustrating yeah. yeah it doesn't mean anything because he's just going to go back and change it exactly <laughs> and i mean he he does at the end of it which creates an entire yeah. paradox because the tension is is he actually going to do it <laughs> yeah and i guess so well yeah once he does it creates a whole paradox where the movie doesn't make any fucking sense yeah. at all then <laughs> of course it's the the paradox yeah. that every time travel movie except like primer and 12 monkeys fall into Tenant doesn't have mm-hmm. it because the inverse time. Everything that happens in Tenant. Yeah, happens. that's not even. A, I wouldn't even call that a time travel movie. I would no, call that a time really. manipulation movie or something. Yeah, because like, right. I mean, when you're moving time, everything's happening. We're technically already. traveling through time right now. We're just going from the past to the future. Okay, <laughs> like time. Yeah. If I were to oh, say my. a time travel movie, I would think like you built a teleporter, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. understanding yeah. of a time travel movie. Um. But yeah, they like don't get into that stuff. You gotta, you gotta definitely suspend disbelief but, or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> when it comes to time travel in a movie, it just depends. It depends on the movie. Back to the Future, I think, is great. If they were a bit more self-aware about it, I wouldn't give a shit. But they have scenes in the movie that that literally try to address other paradoxes. They have the two characters talking to each other, and he's saying like, "Oh, why is everybody here over the age of forty? Oh, that's that's so they don't create a paradox by sending people to the future <laughs> who would still be alive yeah. in the future. They have to make sure that they get people who would have died between now and twenty years from now. So they're quite literally <laughs> saying in the movie, they're telling the audience." We're addressing paradoxes, and then they're just creating other paradoxes. So it's like, well, just don't even fucking yeah. do it. Stop pretending yeah, like you're a smart that? movie. Stop pretending. Just just own it and be a dumb, stupid, bullshit, dumb movie. You know? The Have a sense of humor. wasn't even necessary. It wasn't. It was just for the it twist. It didn't even need to be in the movie. It could have just been like a teleporter that puts them on a different part of the planet. <laughs> hmm. like the aliens have taken over completely. I mean, even with the time travel element, like there's more interesting things they could have done with it. Right. Well, yeah, I guess because he oh, saves course. his daughter. Like that's the only thing that happens. Like, but it's like, okay, that was in there, but was it really? It wasn't that powerful. Like, I don't. And so he can go to the future why. and his daughter's hot or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just like whatever script they had. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, this is this is fine. 
and it's a vehicle for Chris if Pratt. If I were writing a movie with Chris Pratt in it, and it started with characters from the future showing up on the football field and being like, we're, yeah. we need you to fight this war. I don't know. You could have something interesting where the government was lying and it wasn't what it seemed and maybe people were being sent to do something else and perhaps or maybe right. it was that's like was humans thinking. were the bad guys or something like or maybe that's too yeah. predictable. You right. never know. That could also be stupid. I don't know. But it seems like it would be a li- at least have like but at least an- another something. layer that would justify a two and a half hour runtime, you know, just make yeah, the plot exactly. like a bit yeah. more complex Something's instead of just nothing. so simple and nonsense. I don't know. It doesn't even matter though. The, the Tomorrow World Two is already in development. Oh, really? No. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah, tell yeah. me that. What's happening? What? Did it, did it have like yeah. a uh, tease yeah. in the credits, like that Army of the Dead Zack Snyder movie did? Like they're building a, so. a trilogy or no? A universe or something? You're lying. Where? Uh, is he- Holy no, I'm shit! <laughs> Deadline.com. Yeah, yeah. I know they're making July a second 8th, one. The Tomorrow it's War Two, Amazon and Skydance already in talks for sequel, reteaming with Chris Pratt. Well, they're in talks, so it's <laughs> probably going to happen. I guess. Fuck. Wow. What could they even do? It's quite a... Like, everything's wrapped up pretty clean at the end. It's like, how can you even make a sequel? I mean, there it's going to turn out that one of the aliens survives. That's <sighs> the only way to do it. It's the zombie movie thing. Oh, the zombies are still here. Mm-hmm. White Spike. Such a oh, strange name. I, I just heard White Stripe like, every time they said it. I just kept thinking of the White Stripe. It's funny that the aliens <laughs> can shoot people. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that they yeah, have long distance they're... combat. <laughs> yeah, with their tails or whatever. Yeah, they'd like shoot white spikes at you people. Shoot, like, a smoke pellet? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It's uh, some sort of projectile. And I love how Chris Pratt is so familiar with the alien anatomy that he was able to time when he when it was going to shoot and <laughs> move it so that it shot itself when they were capturing the, the queen. At the first point, he like grabbed mm-hmm. the tentacle and was oh, like, yeah. I can sense you're going to shoot now and just turned it and it shot itself. <laughs> also, you know, these things can shoot. Why the fuck would you build a cage that it can shoot out of? Why would you build a cage like that? Like you built yeah, the cage stupid. and brought it there. This is like military equipment. You built a fucking yeah. time machine. Don't tell me you can't build a better cage that doesn't have holes in it. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What an incompetent government. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the military bucks are going, apparently. It's so stupid. The movie doesn't make any sense well, at all. The the entire concept doesn't make sense because like in what <laughs> this the humanity is dying. <laughs> we built a time machine and we're not going to warn the past about how to better prepare for it so that th- we prevent this from happening. What we're going to do is we're going to take more bodies and throw more bodies at the aliens because that's what we need. That's what we were missing. This and the only thing preventing us from winning the war right now is that there aren't enough bodies for them to eat. Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. We're gonna take a bunch of Facebook moms and throw them in there with some infinite ammo guns. <laughs> like, they didn't train yeah, anybody properly. Really, really the film was really insistent because this was one of the checklists on the checklist of the movie. They were like, okay, well, we're, g- we're not going to show the alien until this point in the movie. And then it's going to be really scary because, like, the first part of the movie, you don't know what they look like. And there's, like, m- mystery and suspense. But in doing so, they created the- these weird moments where, like, 
they have the they have the woman being like, okay, aim for the throat and the abdomen. That's where you want to hit him. And she shoots like she shoots a humanoid target where it's like, okay, you're training people to fight these aliens <laughs> who have never seen these aliens before. Get a fucking cardboard cutout of something that resembles the shape of the alien, maybe. Why are you shooting at a humanoid target? That's not going to help. They don't look like humanoids. Mm-hmm. Shoot at the throat and the abdomen. Yeah. Maybe you want to show them where that is. Chris Pratt was fucking <laughs> teaching his friend where the safety was on his gun like a moment before they <laughs> shot off into the future. <laughs> this is the stupidest concept. <laughs> like, no, no, nobody would do anything that anyone does in this movie. The, nobody <laughs> acts like a rational human being ever. Yeah, it's dumb <laughs> schlock. Yeah, yeah, it really but is. But it's, it's not dumb or short enough to be entertaining. Yeah, dumb schlock yeah. give me exactly. a fun schlock. It's just an excuse for action sequences. Edge of Tomorrow didn't make any sense either, but it was fun. I could watch Edge of Tomorrow yeah. again. Yeah, fun. It was dumb. It's frustrating, and I made an entire video talking about how it doesn't even follow its own rules. But it was at least fun. I could watch that again. I'll it give made it that some sense. This makes negative sense it makes <laughs> minus like negative 10 it makes dollars sense <laughs> yeah it made a lot of money but that doesn't, it doesn't make shit. any sense but it makes dollars yeah it does become embarrassing when it just takes itself so seriously it's that tone that just makes yeah. it so egregious completely to me. i was just yeah bored to tears yeah. with it chris pratt in all these other films that we mentioned him being in like for the most part there's some sort of element of comedy to his character and that's what he does best Mm -hmm. he's best at doing like the dopey like oh like i don't know he's like almost like ashton kutcher in that sense but in this film where he's supposed to be taken completely seriously and there's no ounce of comedy anywhere in the movie from what i can tell (laughs) (laughs) intentionally there's just his delivery is so weird he seems like a like inconsistent like completely different person and it's just like yeah it's completely unrelatable too it's just it's i don't understand but i guess they're just turning him into an action hero now so yeah yeah he just looks like action man he's just a leading man guy if there was like a little bit of comedy in this movie which there was an edge of tomorrow <laughs> let's remember that yeah, that was yeah. all, that, <laughs> yeah, that was a very that. funny movie in ways that it tried to be if there was just a little bit of comedy in this movie i think it would have helped it out but yeah uh-huh. it's a very serious film and I'm giving this one a 2 out of 10. It was a chore. I'm giving yeah. it a 2 out of 5. And I'm I'm right in the middle. This is a, I guess, 1.5 star out of 5. Yeah, it's just nothing. It's just a grey blob yeah, of nothing. And I'm bad. sure in five years we're just going to have so many of these types of movies that for the pile that like just nothing about it is going to be memorable. No one's going to remember mm. this, this fucking film. Mr. Bezos will remember. Yeah, for remember yeah, the cash. looking down from his cock rocket. Yeah, <laughs> cock rocket. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, what's the next movie? You recommended it. It's called The Wrestler. Yeah, it's your choice, right? <laughs> oh, that's our, what we're going to talk about next. There yeah. isn't like some other modern movie. Oh no, no, on. we're gonna we're, we'll no have news. more to talk about next. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're already forty-five okay, minutes. The Wrestler. Through. Yeah, The Wrestler is from two thousand eight. Spoilers, right? Yes. Is that what we say now? Spoilers. Uh, so I guess the plot of the movie. Should I just go over the plot quick? Sure. It's about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I described both plots today of the movies. It's about uh, <laughs> Mickey Rourke. He plays Randy Robinson's the name of the character, and the Ram is like his wrestler name. And it's him toward the end of his wrestling career. It's kind of he's washed up. 
I wouldn't even say kind of. He's he's pretty washed up. He it doesn't mm-hmm. have any money. He has like no friends or family. His daughter hates him. Uh, he has like serious health issues that affect his wrestling. I think that's the biggest part of of the movie. Mm-hmm. And every time he does it, it becomes more dangerous from the wrestle. And it's about like him coming to terms with that and just you know being old and. It's a very interesting movie. It's very simple in a lot of ways, but it's also about a lot of things. Um, I bet you guys have seen it before, but mm-hmm. this is like rewatching, right? So yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you, yeah. what'd you think? <laughs> what do you think of it? Yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I think just anchoring it around a past their prime, full of regret wrestler is an inherently interesting character. That and it's not rooted in. You don't have to love wrestling to necessarily enjoy the movie or anything like right. that it's more about the characters and his his personal choices and the way it's manifested later in his life when he's greeted with this yeah this just dis- well it's not it's against his decision really he has this heart problem which means he can't wrestle anymore so his whole life very quickly crumbles before him and he tries to reach out to people he he loves and his his family that he betrayed and the that's what it's to me the movie really comes together at the end into this amazing final sequence where the, th- the three kind of disparate storylines, the main one with the wrestler and how he works at the supermarket kind of converges with his love for this stripper character who is the reason mm-hmm. he's reintroduced to his daughter. She kind of eggs him on in the whole daughter angle and just the way they, they bounce off each other and manifest at the end for that. It's, it's such an agonizing final sequence and final shot and such a thought-provoking ending where alongside all this kind of religious imagery and they're talking mm. about the passion of the Christ and just the, yeah, they did. the visual design of the wrestler and his with his hair and everything and kind of just the way it all manifests at the end I find to be really powerful and effective in a, yeah. in a kind of typical Aronofsky sort of way. It doesn't leave you feeling good. It's, it's about the opposite. It's about someone who may be can't be redeemed right and he destroyed himself really yeah that's what it's really about a guy who completely did it to himself it's a great story (laughs) i watched this when it came out this is my second time i watched it i think i love it it doesn't connect with me as much as aronofsky's well not all of it i mean this is much better than the fountain i don't like the fountain but there's like i don't like the fountain either yeah that's the one i haven't seen this grounded nature of the film is an interesting one to tackle for aronofsky because his directing personality otherwise like in all of his other films most of them are it's Mm. just so like let's just call it loud if you know what (laughs) i mean yeah 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 and so it's nice to see him tackle something that's like a bit more grounded i think for the budget i looked this up i think it was like six million budget yeah, six million. That's a really mm, that's fucking good. good movie for six million dollars. Yeah, very, very well made, uh, and um, I believe that this was kind of considered as like Mickey Rourke's return to form sort of thing. Like he was pretty washed yeah, up at one yeah. point in time. It revitalized his career. Yeah, yeah, he was he was uh, not yeah getting roles, and I think was he nominated for an Oscar for this? Probably. He yeah, he was. received a BAFTA. Oh, he got a Golden Globe. Yeah, and he got nominated for an Oscar, yeah. Yeah. And then so was Marissa Tomei, who plays as a stripper. Okay, yeah. awesome. And, you know, Iron Man 2 came out the same year as The, as the Wrestler, 2008. And then in Iron Man 2, two years later, he's the bad guy. So, yeah, <laughs> right, it definitely yeah. revitalized his career. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, great he looks casting. A little, yeah. He looks a little odd. 
<laughs> this is kind of amusing. The Darren Aronofsky's yeah. newest project, The Whale, stars Brendan Fraser, another washed-up actor who might have a redeem redeeming role in this film. And the plot of this, I'm just going to read this little blurb on IMDb. A reclusive English teacher suffering from severe obesity who attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance at redemption. So we could be seeing another like kind of wrestler-esque movie, yeah. although this one is listed as comedy drama, at least according to IMDb, so we'll see. But either way, that's that sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, how did you feel about the comedy? How did I feel the about com- the comedy in song? The Wrestler? I mean, it, there mm-hmm. there was there were moments of it. There was one part that I there's definitely great at. moments me, of comedy. I think I wrote it down. Yeah, there's yeah. some nice levity. The tray scene yes. in the supermarket early on, where they're smacking each other, some nice humor. Yeah, a lot of the supermarket stuff, like at the deli counter, oh, I thought. Yep. <laughs> um, there's a lot of good stuff, like like when he's like spring chicken, like that was yeah. The whole yeah, uh, the whole. That's, deli so, that's some of the most great. memorable stuff in the film. Um, yeah. yeah. I wrote down the funniest part for me. It was the, uh, do you knock? Let's try that again. And then on the mm. second time when he actually does knock, he just comes out full force and smashes into out. him with the door. Just doesn't even look. <laughs> I mean, he was looking at porn. Yeah, I really like uh, that, was a funny that, scene. that sequence. Yeah, that was yeah, hilarious. He kind of pins him in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, t- yeah, we could talk about the deli counter part for like an hour <laughs> like that's mm. i feel it, it ends yeah, on a, it ends working. on like a very dark note i thought uh, but yeah yeah it, it's a mo- it's definitely comedic for a lot of it the, the, it ends with very a sad part <laughs> yeah and, but i, I, I yeah i, I yeah. think that those sequences are absolutely necessary not just to tie into the theme of like okay you're past your prime you gotta like do something else sort of thing but also the these scenes give us a lot of information about his character a lot of it's very internal and communicated through like the sound and the editing like he's walking through the like plastic curtain thing and you hear the crowd cheering yeah. and you know that not only does he yearn for he like he needs that energy and he's addicted to that rush and that's just a part of who he is but it's also kind of interesting because he brings that natural energy that is just clearly a part of him he brings that to the deli counter which is why you know in that same sequence he's doing the whole like i'm just tossing food at people and like you know in a he's (laughs) always a performer like he's he's trying to be a performer even when he's behind a deli counter supposed to be just like ringing people up for like meat or whatever it's like in his blood you know so you can't escape and i guess that's what's so sad about the ending is because he's he's sacrificing himself for for like a flippant crowd as opposed to what jesus represents mm. and that, the whole imagery of, of that and the sacrifice of that and it being for the sins of the people and how it's there's like the total inverse kind of motivations and just the sadness of his life all culminating with him basically self-harming and committing suicide at mm. the end that's my kind of ultimate interpretation of the way yeah. it wraps up yeah mm-hmm. i mean you could even you could like if we wanted to interpret it as like the sins of the people for like encouraging people to hurt themselves for entertainment you could say that like the crowd is i i'm not gonna say that people who watch wrestling are sinners i'm just saying you could make interpretations or draw parallels in that same way without it being the inverse i guess Mm. what's really um interesting is that before this film there wasn't that much of a conversation about the practical elements of what happens in professional wrestling so there was always like 
you know, there was a long period of time where wrestling just pretended it was completely 100% real. And then eventually they were like, okay, it's <laughs> yeah. fake. But then uh, in culture, people heard the words like, oh, it's fake, meaning they thought that literally every part of it was fake and that like there wasn't any risk to what they were doing or like you, you, it's it's always difficult to try and communicate to, to people uh, the nuances of something like this. Even when it comes to like documentary filmmaking, someone will notice like a continuity error and be like, "The whole thing's fake." It's like, well, no, they they have to use B roll <laughs> for <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Especially with the scene where it shows himself and like the razor and he cuts his head and stuff like that, and especially the physical tor- turmoil that his body goes through, that kind of opened up a lot of conversation and you know in culture of people being like, "Oh, so it turns out wrestlers actually do do some things, <laughs> even if the." outcome of the fight is predetermined it's still you know you're still doing a physical thing that you can get hurt doing so yeah Yeah, i i was reading about some of the reactions of people who are like real like wwf champions and whatnot and there's some interesting responses from them um some of them figured that it was kind of a dark misinterpretation of um like what the real world of, of wrestling is all about but I don't necessarily interpret it that way. I think it's just interesting to think about it in terms of the people who work in that world and the way they mm-hmm. they see it and the way they they live it. Because that that's part of the the I guess fun is kind of the wrong word, but just the contrast between these scenes where these these sportsmen these they're friendly, they're they're encouraging to each other, they're helpful to each other, right. and then it will cut to a fight, and they're like being so scenes, vicious though. and violent to each other. <laughs> it, yeah, 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 yeah. I like those scenes. I like those characters. There are a lot of like no name side characters like that, and that mm-hmm. felt very believable. It reminded me of a Safdie Brothers movie or yeah. something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. All feels very <laughs> a believable. A more modern example. Yeah, yeah, when um, when they're like in the room and they're discussing uh before the show what they're going to be doing and there's this like weird miscommunication of like oh you're doing legs well i'll do neck oh you said you're doing neck and he like he didn't hear him the first time and the conversation it feels like darren aronofsky just put a camera in a room of people already doing their own thing and that might have happened yeah you know like i i'd imagine that some of the people he used in this film were probably pro wrestlers uh, not necessarily like huge names or anything, but you know, there's pro wrestling communities all throughout, especially the United States. My friend Scoot does pro wrestling in Seattle, so yeah, he broke his arm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you get hurt. Yeah, it's very natural, and there's a lot of great character moments that are super relatable, and you can understand each character's emotions especially when it comes to his relationship with the stripper character. I thought that their dynamic was very... What's the word I'm looking for? It's like a genuine conflict. Genuine. That's a good word. Yeah, You understand both sides. Yeah, and you're kind of rooting for both of them. And when they they are clashing, it's it's just the circumstances pushing them apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that choice at the end where she actually does come to... She's like, I'm here. She's like presenting. I'm here. Take me. But he's, he can't. He knows that it's never going to work out that way and rejects her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he kills himself. Yeah. Basically. And then also the relationship with his daughter, uh, Eva Rachel Wood. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a total fuck up as a father, basically, is how they present it. And even in this movie, you see like, yeah, he's he's done. Like, <laughs> you totally understand why he 
she'd given up on him. Yeah. He keeps yeah. like indulging in drugs and having sex with women and uh, alcohol. It's, it's like, you know, he's living like he's a fucking, like he's like 20, like he's 20 in his 20s, yeah. like a wrestler at that time. He's so like d- kind of deluded and thinking that he's a young man, a young wrestler, but he, you know, his body can't handle it. <laughs> he's still fucking doing cr- like cocaine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and steroids, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's tons of steroids. I totally forgot about that. He's ejected yeah. them into his ass. <laughs> and Mickey Rourke goes all out for this performance. It's a fucking great performance for him. I love yeah. the scene with that huge muscly dude, and they're sitting in the locker room, and he's got like, he's basically just like got an entire pharmacy in his bag. He's, yeah, like, all those out. pills. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was reading that guy got like arrested like a few months after. For the same thing? Or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> I guess that's part of that culture, though. You know, it's exploring the darkest parts of wrestling. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe that's why wrestlers don't like it. And yeah, that whole Jesus allegory. But it's mostly a story about just like that character. And it's a character study about him. Yeah. And, you know, becoming washed up, not devoting time to people close to you, becoming obsessed with, you know, whatever to a point where it's unhealthy. Uh, yeah yeah like you said that rush for him of like the crowd loving him he's obsessed with that he's obsessed with like being in that the spotlight again like having video games based on him all that stuff was so interesting like the 80s video game based on him and he would have kids come and play it with him like oh yeah this yeah, is awesome talking like, about Call like, of it's like oh man yeah he's so you know done <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah he's out of time he's played yeah. a fucking game from 30 years ago yeah it's interesting yeah i I don't know it is kind of funny how seemingly surefire of a formula it is for i I mean at least a few examples of taking like a washed up actor and making a washed up character story you know like birdman is another one that comes to mind like some multiple layers Uh uh-huh yeah yeah it's like if the director is good enough you could probably just be like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna revitalize this person's career because i like them just write a story for them like you know what? i want you i want you to be doing good for yourself yeah well like tarantino does that too but it isn't yeah. always characters like that like, yeah his characters Wolves. are different know. when he does that yeah he's just like you know bad guy <laughs> or sam jackson yeah, he tried it for southland tales remember oh yeah southland tales <laughs> well that's <laughs> someone with not as much talent as tarantino exactly <laughs> yeah and that wasn't even a washed up actor that was like i want to prove to people that the rock is like Oscar worthy. He's not yeah. just yeah, a the rock isn't washed up. He's just not yeah, he's not yeah. like he's good in like Jumanji too. And uh, <laughs> the new Jungle Cruise. I don't know if I would say he's good in and then follow that sentence with anything. I don't know if I could ever do that. Skyscraper? It's kind of a joke. Skyscraper. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's good he's good in uh uh, well cast what's that movie with the gorilla <laughs> Rampage. Yeah. Oh, Rampage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good in Rampage. <laughs> He's good in Race to Witch Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I love how um, having the stripper character, not only does it make logical sense because strip clubs would likely just be the only place that's open after a show for wrestlers, at least according yeah. to some wrestlers. So there is already that kind of connection. But also, she's on the other end. She's she's a woman that made a career choice or 
we don't know how much of a choice it was, but she's in this career where she's using her body and she's only got a limited amount of time to do that, right? Where, you know, you might have been making money in your 20s doing that, but, you know, she's dealing with being a mom and these asshole kids are like, ah, you're too old, ha ha ha, and like harassing her or whatever. But she's doing it anyway and she was mad at Mickey Rourke's character for losing 200 bucks or whatever she said. It is interesting just to have that kind of parallel because they're both yeah. going through similar things, even if she's not necessarily harming yeah. her body doing it. Yeah, yeah, she's just more committed to the child. Yeah, he he would totally be in that environment where yeah he would probably know strippers. I, I guess wrestlers would be. Yeah, you're right about that. And yeah, he's just looking for a connection with someone, and it just makes sense. It's like kind of someone he's paying. Like he's he's friends with someone he's paying, which is also mm-hmm. kind of sad and pathetic in a way. Yeah, they clearly got a bit of chemistry, but it's like a yeah. bit of an awkward situation. It's like the only person she he feels, feels sorry like to talk him. to. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, okay, if I ever need to talk to her, I could just pay her, and she'll talk to me. She naturally does feel a connection with him too, but she's preventing herself right. from fully committing to that because she knows that she has to put up these protective barriers emotionally because he mm-hmm. knows her as this character that she plays in one specific setting, essentially. And even when she meets up with him to get the shirt present or the clothes present for his daughter, you know, the first thing he says is like, oh, you look so different. Like, I wouldn't have recognized you sort of thing. And she has to, you know, come to terms with that. It's like, oh, he maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe he loves this character that I'm playing sort of thing. And so Mm -hmm. it's very relatable. You can clearly understand what she's going through in the film as a character. Yeah. It gets very personal, yeah, <laughs> between them. You understand both sides. Well, of it, yeah, because she wants to experience that too. Like you can tell she's lonely. You can tell that she likes him, but she has yeah. to keep telling herself that it would never work, out of a self-defense me- mechanism, because it's yeah. clear that she's been hurt in the past. You know, so yeah, like she has a kid. She's a single mom. She's clearly well, been hurt, and, in the and past. then he does hurt her. He does hurt her in the yeah. end too. That's the thing. <laughs> There's a lot of really great editing in this movie yeah that's true i love the look of it too i believe Mm. it was shot on film very dingy yeah it looks very dingy i like when he's like like driving in the car near the beginning yeah aronofsky's got a style yeah definitely the soundtrack it's much more it really isn't out there it's not like wrecking before a dream or one of those kind of movies that he's made it it's not even as trippy as black swan like that's a good it's not even trippy it's very similar i think it's not trippy at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a character drama. And then also Whiplash, kind of. We talked about that before. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I was reminded a bit of that sort yeah, of Yeah, that obsession, kind of. Mm-hmm. I'm not being able to... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought of Whiplash for sure. The wrestling scenes themselves were, like, pretty brutal, too. I don't know if they just yeah, got some really guy who would be willing to take staples to his head and chest or if that was an effect. It seemed like it was real. I don't know. Yeah, all the stunts were really convincing. Yeah. All the punches felt real. Yeah. Very visceral. Mm-hmm. Fucking violent. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of blood. And then they, like, you know, self-mutilate, self-harm in it. Like, it's, yeah, it's really fucked up. To, mm-hmm. It's disgusting to watch. And, of course, the parallels going into the, the end of the movie when he, it's like the ultimate sacrifice of self-harm. It's like, it, yeah. it's a constant buildup of that. It gets progressively worse and worse. Like, it starts out with cuts, and then, you know, he's going to the doctor's office. Is like, yeah, you have a serious heart condition. If you do this again, you're going to die. Hmm. 
tough choice, especially when you're trapped in that. It's extra heartbreaking with how the middle section of the movie, he actually starts managing to make connections. He he manages to get through to his daughter and he starts unfucking what he'd fucked. But then it does quickly yeah. spiral and just, yeah, the way it unravels and how quickly it does mm-hmm. is... Yeah. Yeah, the, just the, the way it jumps around emotionally is really effective. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. When when we learn that he missed the date with his daughter, you know, like we're learning mm-hmm. that with him as the character instead. Yeah, of, yeah, you feel yeah. the same thing. I don't believe it shows like her at the restaurant being like waiting. We just kind of experience it. And yeah, yeah. We go, oh yeah, as soon as he does, sort of thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. You and every time her partner it. answers the door and just the look on her face, and he like uh-huh. goes inside, and that whole conflict. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. that part of the movie in particular with her painful line where she's like there's no fixing this this is permanently broken and i'm okay with that it's better that way yeah it's mm-hmm. like oh my god that's yeah well it really sucks the, the conclusion the full stop yeah like you can be a person mm-hmm. that wants to give people second chances or t- fucking 200th chances you know but at a certain point you're just yeah. gonna have to realize like okay well i was doing fine without this person in my life and mm-hmm. now I'm feeling like shit the moment I let them back in. So yeah, you gotta cut yeah. him loose. Like I don't even think she's wrong for cutting him loose at all. Like it's yeah, it sucks same. for him. Sorry. Like you you say you're trying, but you're not really. Yeah, there was clearly a long relationship there of like abuse and neglect yeah. like, that we don't even see. Yeah, that was clearly like it was way even past the breaking point. I won't even say it's a breaking point. <laughs> yeah, I imagine the breaking point had passed like fucking years ago. You know? Yeah, she's deeply uh, hurt by the whole thing. Yeah, she's deeply hurt. You know, this is probably like the hundredth time he's done this, and just yeah, he probably he again he goes off to drink. It's that destructive behavior, and like this that act of the movie like once once that happens that's when he really just kind of spirals downward and that's what leads to the end of the movie that that self-sacrifice or whatever you want to call it yeah it's a weird place to end it for me like it's i can see how it works for a lot of people well yeah because he probably just dies yeah i don't know you don't have to see it that way you could see it as just a cycle of abuse where he he just kind of gets up and keeps going and doing the same shit to himself (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, you could totally see mm. it as that too. It's like the Sopranos. <laughs> mm-hmm. What just so you what, don't like? What the don't you like or... about where it ends? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know because it feels like um, I inevitably have to compare it to other movies that kind of do that same sort of thing. Black mm. Swan is one of them, you know. But I, I feel like what's happening in a film like Black Swan is a bit more clear and. There are a lot of films where I love like a purposefully uh, ambiguous ending, um, and it's not like I hate the ending here, but it's just like it's it doesn't the 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 build up doesn't strike me as powerfully as like a lot of other films that um, have done that same sort of thing. It kind of just like I don't know. It's it doesn't end on as exciting or exhilarating of a note as it could. I don't know. I, it's difficult to even describe it. It's just a feeling, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, I, I don't really put this quite on the same level as um, Black Swan. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I do think it's the perfect ending for that character, personally. I think it's, it's the only way it could really wrap up in a way that I I get the satisfaction from. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's no Requiem for a Dream either, but it's just that character drama is just so convincing to me. It feels so genuine and just the way it builds, just like 
real drama and the real way people clash do. It's it's very thoughtful in that mm. way. Yeah. It uh, feels like you're just watching real people. Well, yeah. That is Aronofsky's gift. In this movie, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Very versatile director. Yeah. yeah. It's a very grounded movie. I love the look of it. Yeah. A lot of smart choices. The last shot of the movie is great. <laughs> That's part of why I love how it ends. It ends on a great image. Yeah. yeah. It mm-hmm. just sums up the film perfectly. I want to watch Noah again. Not because I think I'll like it. <laughs> but <laughs> because I have to remember that he directed it. <laughs> it stands out, doesn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. He made that Noah. shit. Noah. Yeah. Giant rock monsters, CG rock monsters. I mean, he wrote very, it. Very odd stuff. <laughs> like, well, I don't yeah. know. It seemed like his project. It's so weird because I'm pretty sure he said he was an atheist too. Like, I don't know what he's doing. Wait, really? Because that's the whole thing with Mother as well. It's all very biblical. Yeah, but you can still have an appreciation Mm -hmm. for, like, biblical storytelling without necessarily believing in... This is biblical, but it's... Yeah, it's subtle. Yeah, a lot of movies. It's very good in this movie, (laughs) unlike um, (laughs) Mother. Well, actually, Mother isn't even awful, but I wouldn't say that's a subtle movie. Yeah. Noah is pretty stupid. I'm looking at his filmography. Pie I Love, Requiem for a Dream I Love. When you start, like, adapting the Bible. Fountain I Do Not Love. It's not like like Mother's adaptation the bible i don't would he even say that um it's a it's it's a biblical story this is the yeah this is the bible yeah it's maybe (laughs) his interpretation of the bible maybe but it's a fucking crazy shit though for the most part (laughs) i don't know this is more up his alley this is the movies i like from him Mm -hmm. and that's that's what like this new one with brendan fraser sounds like so i'm excited for that Mm -hmm. It's like a character drama. Characters, yeah. It could be a comedy, like yeah, element of comedy, sure, but definitely dark and like yeah, character piece. The drama like this, where it feels very natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a very rewatchable film too. It's not um, it's not too dark. There's a lot of funny parts in it. I think I think it's a really funny movie. I think Mickey Rourke yeah, absolutely that pace. kills it. He's a very it charismatic so character. Well. Yeah. And maybe that's some way of like him hiding something, like his his emptiness. He's a showman. He kind of he's a he's a very showman like person. So he's always like, yeah, he's man. He's the greatest showman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you contrast his showmanship in the show to when he's getting patched up afterwards by the medic, and that blank expression on his face kind of says it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I'm comfortable given our ratings. What about you? Yeah. yeah. What a wow movie. Wow! Yeah, you guys give ratings first. Yeah, it's wow. fucking great. Wow! Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm a big fan of this movie. I've always liked this movie. It's yeah, as I said, it's not at the top of Aronofsky's work for me, but I, I I'm just really sold by all the character work and the drama in here. It, it's all sold really well for me. I like a lot of the dialogue, even. Uh, it's just very convincing. Um, so it's a four star for me. Mm. I think I'll bump it up from a seven to an eight. I think I'll do that. I think I'm comfortable with nice. that. Um, that hurts. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a five out of five. <laughs> I bumped it up. What do you want me to do? Yeah, that's fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. I, I love the movie. I think it's great. I think it is one of Aronofsky's best. It's so different from like Requiem for a Dream. That's, you know, it's hard yeah, to Yeah, it does stand out in that you know? way. It is cool yeah. for that. 
Hmm. Maybe it's hard for me to take Requiem for a Dream serious now because like Marlon Wayans and Jared Leto. <laughs> Marlon Wayans does a great job in that movie, and Jared Leto may yeah, be crazy. Yeah, he is good. Of, right, everyone does. Yeah. Everyone does a good job in that movie. It's it's Marlon yeah. Wayans' best performance. Yeah, I the best yeah, stuff in the movie is uh, other than the mom, Ellen. White Ellen, I don't know how to say her last name. Uh, Ellen Burstyn? <laughs> yeah, after White Chicks. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn. I love her in that you. movie. There's so yeah. much great shit. Yeah, like, she's the best part of yeah. the movie. Like, of, all the stuff with her. Jennifer Connelly's good. Yeah. yeah. Requiem for a Dream. I could watch a million Jared times. <laughs> it might be my favorite. Uh, Aronofsky. Requiem. Uh-huh. Black Swan's pretty up there. Yeah, I think Black Swan just edges this, this out. This one's a little me. more accessible. There's no ass-to-ass scene in this one. Well, y- you know me, Ralph. Yeah. I love inaccessible yeah. films, so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me give me a challenge. Yeah. I want to eat the spicy food of movies. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do some uh questions. Thanks for the recommendation, Ralph. Yeah, sure. It's a good one. Let's head over to the Sardonicast subreddit then, where you can go to the suggestion thread and leave questions for us to answer in the future. Feeling ad six seven one five as our first one. Good movies with bad titles, or vice versa. Um, I'll, I'll throw one out there. Um, last episode's recommendation, T2 Trainspot. Yeah, what the fuck? Don't love that name. T2? <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs> yeah it's just kind of different to be different, I think, that one. Yeah. Or just to confuse people. Sure. Uh, Wreck is a, was an annoying one to get around. Now I'm comfortable with it, yeah, I guess, because like great, it's just an it? abbreviation of the name of the word record. So you shouldn't be saying wreck because then people think like car wreck. So if you don't see it like written out, then it's kind of weird. But whatever, fuck it. I guess <laughs> I'm like split on whether or not her is a good or bad title. <laughs> yeah, these Herder. these one word titles I'm like mixed on sometimes. When especially if it's something like her. Yeah, but it does suit the movie. Those the thing. Sexy Beast seems pretty misleading. Good movie. Yeah, some uh, superhero movies have some bad ones. Into the Spider-Verse, not the best title. Yeah, but we had to say good movies, though. I was about to say, <laughs> I realized I was about to say one that yeah, isn't a good, a good movie. movie. No. There's a movie called No. That was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, but No is not a great title. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, you should not have trilogy had multiple bad of those. Then in a there's title. War for the Planet of the Apes, right? Like the last one's different. Yeah, and also the way nonsense. that they structure yeah, the trilogy, like so. Dawn should be before Rise, right? Mm-hmm. Dawn implies yeah. the, that it's the first <laughs> yeah, this, thing, and then Rise implies it's me. like the culmination of events. But it's not. Sure, they got them backwards. We mentioned Edge of Tomorrow. That's not a good title. Well, uh, they no, they changed it. Live, die, repeat. Live, die, repeat yeah, was like the yeah. They kept flipping <laughs> back and forth when they were like, nobody bought this one. We got neither of them it. are good titles. They're, they're both bad. Yeah, <laughs> they're both bad titles. Well, have you seen what the next one might might be called? Live, but die, repeat again. Oh, yeah. The next one. Live, <laughs> die, repeat, and repeat. Oh fuck! It's listed as at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Live, die, repeat squared. They need to fire whoever titles these fucking movies. Yeah. Are they <laughs> yeah. just fire them. Words? Is that it? They're just out of good well, titles. I swear, um, like, the way they got to the Tomorrow War was just, like, Chris Pratt posting, like, a poll on Instagram, like, which title should we go for? <laughs> it seems just such like, really? an afterthought with some of this. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. It's just because all the best titles are taken. Like, Batman is taken. Superman's taken. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't do anything with that. You gotta be creative. 
Synecdoche, New yeah. York is the perfect title. Well, yeah, because it's it's a city in New York. Well, it's a play on it represents words everything also. within it's not, everything. It's not a, yeah, it's like a kind of borough. I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah, that's kind of like an area of New York. It is a Synecdoche. Yeah. Good movies with bad titles. Are there any more? I'm sure there's more. Yeah, those are the main ones I can think of. Any any title that's French. Cachet, Amour. Sorry, learn English, Hanky Chan. <laughs> no more French titles. I think those are good, what we said. I know, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, Edge of Tomorrow, I think, is the biggest example. Like, That's the worst thing about the movie, is the title. <laughs> it fucked over the movie. Like The movie, I think, flopped. Do you think of Edge title. of Tomorrow is better than Live, Die, Repeat, or no? Because I think it's better than Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, I think both kind of suck. I think it's better to keep your original title, no matter what it is. <laughs> okay. You know, just changing it so late just seems like you have no yeah. confidence. It's it, like the movie came out and it bombed and then they changed it. It's like, what? Like, it, what is it? A different fucking movie? immaculate constipation of Harley Quinn or something. That was shit. Yeah. Oh, that's an awful But one. that's a bad movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter what you call it. doesn't matter. Sarcastodon left one for us. Since Space Jam New Legacy got an A- minus on CinemaScore, what do you guys oh, of think of this did. review system? Also, what does it say about Americans that something so fucking cancerous as this movie and other pieces of shit, like all the Transformers <laughs> movies, get <laughs> high scores stupid. from general audiences? <laughs> I think CinemaScore is the only rating system that I think is worse than Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> you know? What is the point? What actually is the point of it? Let's see. CinemaScore is the industry leader in measuring movie appeal. We provide unbiased measurement of audience response that helps gauge movie appeal and su uh, success by polling movie audiences on opening night for their reaction to the latest movie, uh, major movie releases. Oh, yeah. So they this poll audience members, but I would like to see the numbers. I would like to see which cities, right? I would like to see demographics. I would like to see... You know, yeah, like, many. there would be a difference in audience depending on what time of the day they saw the movie, right? Yeah. Or if it's opening night or, like, you know, like, so, I, d I don't know if it is unbiased. I would like to, I would like to see how they collect all their yeah, data. Yeah, so many yeah, variables. Because, yeah, the cinema yeah, score is just here. notorious can for, I, like... Can I read off some of the ratings here? Sure, please. Because I have yeah, them all it. up. Uh, so, new releases, old is a C+. Snake Eyes, B minus. <laughs> Snake Eyes, it's a B minus. Black Widow, A minus. Boss Baby, Family Business, A. <laughs> really? Cruella, That's A. Cool. Did they ask Fast the and baby? Furious 9, B plus. <laughs> Escape Room, tor Tournament of Champions, B. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's like a bunch of fucking shit. Yeah, well, it even gets below a C. Peter Rabbit 2, A minus. <laughs> Space Jam, a new legacy. Yeah, A minus. Yeah, I think it was. So uh, everything's great. Mother got an great. F. Wrath of Man, A minus. So, like, any movie, any mother? movie that's, like, the least bit challenging. So, the Darren Aronofsky mother. Yeah. Any movie okay. that's the least bit challenging gets terrible cinema score, basically. Or it's like if, if there's something that doesn't fit into, like, a very easily definable box of, like, a genre. You know, then it's just not going to do well on cinema yeah. score. So who Ten knows? Maybe beat. it's a very, very incredibly unbiased <laughs> and accurate representation of American movie going going audiences. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But is there anyone out there that's like waiting for the cinema score? Is there no? Like, you know what's test? You know what's even <laughs> less biased than a cinema score? Just looking at the average rating on IMDb. Fuck, mm -hmm. like. 
Sure, that you can say that some movies will be favored over than others, and like superhero movies get like incredible ratings when they should. But that's like also just the general public. Like when I look at an IMDb rating, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like of of course, you know, mm-hmm. people would like this slightly less or slightly more or something. I look at that, I'm like, yeah, this this is how I feel the average person would say about this movie. When I look at a cinema score, I'm like. Who the fuck did did you just only ask like my aunt or like what <laughs> who, who did you ask? Yeah, who, it's who the, are it's the, the people one that you've seen that year? <laughs> yeah, maybe Space Jam New Legacy would be good if it is the one thing you'd seen that that year. It was like the first time you've seen a movie in like five years. Then maybe it would be an A minus. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Justice Justice League twenty seventeen got a B plus. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Justice League twenty seventeen <laughs> better than Tenet. Better than Tenet. Oh really? What a Tenet get? Yeah, gotta be. I gotta be. I think. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, and Snake Eyes gotta be minus. So why do they call themselves the industry leader? Like, who's looking at this shit other than like I don't know. clickbait articles that say yeah. when something got a really low one, they're like, you, you this one got an F." Like, who's actually looking? It at seems it? like it's it's more for like businesses to measure I guess things, so. not for like the public at all. <laughs> but but the public care about it though, I guess. Shit. Yeah, like Ballistic X versus Sever as a B minus. That doesn't make any sense. Forever like, Purge, B minus. B-. B-. Spirit Untamed, A. Okay. <laughs> Spiral <laughs> B minus? Oh my god. Yeah, so just everything's pretty good, basically. Is yeah, everything's pretty Unless good. Unless it does something a little bit different, then it's the worst movie ever <laughs> yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is just too I'm gonna, much. I'm going to look up like low. Holy shit. Score. Literally just every single thing on this front page is at least a B minus, except for old, which was a C plus. <laughs> old is the lowest rated out of all of these things, and every every single thing on here is B minus and up on this first page. Every new release, right? Apparently, we're, apparently this is the month to see a movie. Apparently, we got some mm. great shit in theaters right now. Saw Spiral, yeah. Space Jam, Pizza Legacy. Yeah. Quiet Place Part 2, everything. F9, Escape Room 2. Sorry, Escape Room term- Tournament of Champions. Yeah, it is a bit like uh, Rotten Tomatoes, though, isn't it? Where it is like Kill- about Killing them softly, middling. they gave an F. Oh, of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. I love that movie. A lot of people fucking it's hated it. It's a pretty it. good movie, yeah. yeah. I really like that movie. Yeah, Silent House is an F. The Box, uh, disaster movie. Yeah, that's an F. I guess. Sure. Okay, there you go. Yeah, The Wicker Man with um, with Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Solaris, the remake, really? Like the one with George Clooney? I haven't seen that, that one F? actually. Is that is that right? Yep. I know who killed me. Got an F. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, just some of these just don't belong. Very like, weird. Really? How could he be? How could he be so mad at killing them softly? I get that it doesn't follow like the structure and plot that you would assume out of it. You'd be like, "Oh, that just happened. Weird. I thought they were going to go another way." I fucking love the movie. I thought it was really great. A lot of yeah. people hate it. Well, I don't if you're going to give like Ballistic X versus Sever B, then like, <laughs> come on, you got you can't give that shit. Like, Not really, Wolf Creek. Or wow. even mother, like at least give mother a D or a C. But also, like if, if you're polling people right after they they literally right finish the movie, I mean, yeah, like you 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 need a bit of time to think about this stuff to still on it. If it especially, especially if it a complicated movie, yeah, especially so a movie that's your gut, wants like, you to think oh, about that was it. different, I, which means I don't like it. Yeah, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. That made me feel weird. D. 
<laughs> I'm giving this my lowest rating ever, B plus. <laughs> yeah. All right. What was the question about? <laughs> um, about it was about like cinema score and what just what we think of it. I'm giving cinema score just... an F. Is what I think of it. I'm giving it a Z. I'm going to give it a oh. B minus. Right. You're giving it a Z and Ralph's giving it a Z. Because that rhymes in the <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't like saying X, Y, Z. Yeah, there's some things that I'm comfortable changing from like British English to American English. I'm com- There's Yeah, Is that's yeah. one of them. That's good. Yeah, there's some where it's okay. like that's you good. don't have to write the letter U. You know, just get rid like of it. Color or armor. Neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You just Americans just don't like the letter U and they just got rid of it everywhere. <laughs> List of A plus films <laughs> on Cinema Score, actually. I'm gonna see if there's any like really weird ones. What's like the most loved movie? So far all the ones on here are like a bunch of classics, actually. What the fuck? Star Wars Okay, sorry. It said Star Wars 1997 re-release, but I was like, oh, but it's the original Star Wars. I thought it was like oh, right. Attack of the Clones or something. Yeah. They don't have Godfather on there. That's weird. Passion of the Christ is very... <laughs> is it A-plus on Cinema Goodfellas? Interesting. Wait. Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Interesting. The Blind Side. Of course it was. Of course the <laughs> Blind Side was A-plus on Cinema Score. That's an A-plus and they give yeah. Goodfellas an A-minus? Of course it... Because, like, th- what's weird about it is, like, every single one of them... Uh, every single one of these just lines up with what I'd imagine, like, a middle-aged white woman in the States would do. Right? Not like every... But, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like they much. just ask one type of person. It's This is, like, the Karen score. Of course well, you would love the Blind Side. They hand these cards out, like, when you're leaving the theater... So it's whoever would fill out these fucking cards. Yeah, isn't doesn't that <laughs> you know <laughs> make it like not an accurate rating system? Because most normal people are going to be like, why would I waste my time with this? So you're only getting the type of person who would take the time to fill out this card and feel like their opinion matters over other yeah. people's. Like who already I, have a strong because opinion. people yeah. you could just go online and, and make your own movie review and monetize it. <laughs> Instead of just filling out a fucking card and giving it to someone. Yeah. Like, why would you waste your time? Green doing Book that? got an A plus. <laughs> Green Book and the and the really? Blind Side. All these white savior movies. Also Black Panther, very interesting, which giving it an A plus also makes you a white savior. Okay, cool. <laughs> Incredibles too interesting. All right, next question. A uh, simple ambassador has one for us. What do you guys think of the fact that Disney, no Disney movies have cracked the top 10 highest grossing films worldwide of last year? And that makes, sorry, and that most of the highest grossing films of last year, including the highest grossing film of last year, Demon Slayer, were Asian movies. Do you think this could ever happen again in some way or another? It, it happened because Disney abstained. <laughs> they delayed everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why it happened. Yeah. I think it is <laughs> yeah. just a bizarre time. They just stopped releasing, yeah. Because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, why would they want to make not as much money? What the fuck? <laughs> like, it's Disney. Well, it just didn't make any sense to release movies in theaters. Yeah, if except for some Pixar no one's ones go. on Disney Plus, I guess. Yeah, like you said, they're not going to not make money. Like they want to make a billion dollars off everything. So yeah, they didn't they care about Mulan. It. And then China just they didn't give a shit, and they fucking <laughs> they released movies anyway, and they made tons of money. Good for them. That's why. I don't know how um, <laughs> this Black Widow movie's doing in terms of if it's making money. Well, yeah, if you do half Disney Plus, like, I don't know, where are we going to get the numbers from? Like, Disney would have to release that information. Yeah, right. Like, how do you even know can't. anymore? Disney would release it. 
but what yeah, they? everyone just watched Disney Plus during that time. So they were doing great during that point. You know, they made all their money from Disney Plus, which is that's awesome <laughs> for them. <laughs> yeah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's cool that an anime was the top-grossing movie of the year so far, right? That's this year. It's fucking yeah, weird. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't think, think it it's weird. Anime has an rule, audience. Um, well, yeah, it has an audience. I mean. Yeah. Demon no. Slayer. Never seen it. It's grown, definitely. I'll check it out, though, because now I have to, because it broke a record or something. But I don't know. It would be cool. If if this was a signal to Western animation saying maybe 2D is still profitable, then that's a good thing. I don't know if that will be interpreted that way, but clearly 2D animation is still profitable, case in point, Japan. So, yo, Western animation companies... Maybe Disney, you want to, or somebody, like, I don't know, anybody, you want to make it some, some 2D, some 2D animations, please? Maybe once, no, ever just give again? give it a couple years for some more Marvel movies to come out. We, we'll be back on track. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry yeah, about sure. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. GGG375 left one saying, what's your opinion on the news that A24 is attempting to sell their company? That's a rumor, isn't it? What's the what are the facts here? Let's see. To Apple, right? Oh yeah, to Apple. That's a weird one. Yep. Yeah, Who let's knows see. what the facts are. It's okay. So far, the phrasing of these articles say Apple may be interested in acquiring A24 or Apple expressed interest yeah. in acquiring film studio A24. So I don't know if that means that A24 is like, yeah, we want to sell, but Variety on Tuesday reports A24 recently explored a sale that valued a company between $2.5 billion and $3 billion. A number of potential suitors were engaged in acquisition talks over the past 18 months, though the studio is yet to ink a deal as it is prioritizing expansion. So they're considering maybe selling, and Apple said maybe we want to buy them. So far, I don't know if that means anything. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. Remember when it was rumored that Facebook wanted to buy Oculus and then it happened? That was weird. <laughs> I mean, A twenty four has like a fan base, you know. It has like that's another thing with a personality. Do, would you not fear that if Apple specifically bought it, the way it kind of? I, I don't think they're winning that battle necessarily in terms of this, what. Would you think this would be a, a move to try and get their stuff for their streaming yes. service? Or? That would be why they would yeah, do it. Because <laughs> like, what do you guys? What was the last thing you watched yeah. on the Apple TV Plus or whatever? Uh, yeah, Wolfwalkers it was for me. And that film, like, yeah. it probably went under the radar because it was on that and not on Netflix yeah. or Amazon Prime. Exactly. Yeah. I watched two episodes of that M. Night show and then forgot it existed and then haven't had the <laughs> energy to go back to it. <laughs> yeah, I can't see it sticking around. Like, there's, there's just too much competition. Yeah. You don't have the IP. It's like a cheaper one, though, at least, right? It. That's my understanding. Well, yeah, and they're doing all these deals, like, if you have, like, a PS5, if you, like, link it to your iTunes account, you get, like, six months of Apple TV. It's a, they're just awesome. using yeah. their, yeah. their size yeah. just to try and strong-arm their way in without They'll any They'll increase content. the price when there's enough subscribers. <laughs> when you're hooked, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, charge as much just, as the other why ones. would you ever subscribe to it? Yeah. They might get there at some point, but, yeah, they're kind of far away. Well, whatever A24 does, I mean, I will find a way to watch the films and... I want to see Green Knight, yeah. Yeah, that's coming out yeah, soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. 
It's like their blockbuster. (laughs) It'll be out before this episode is published. Yeah. Yeah. Such a weird production company studio thing. It's like the Disney of indie movies. They've got like personality. Yeah, they've got quite a passionate fan base. Yeah, there's a subreddit for about the some of the movies are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The best of the best movies. It's just the lighthouse (laughs) memes. Yeah, pretty much. Drunker, sorry, Dunkachino has a nice. for us. What's, what's the best Adam Sandler movie, not including Punch Drunk Love, The Mailwitz Stories, and Uncut Gems? Go fuck yourself, how about that? <laughs> no, you gotta answer. Have I even seen The Wedding Singer? Like, that would probably be one if I remembered if not I had Jack seen it or not. Yeah, not Jack and Jill. I'd probably say, like, Hotel Transylvania. Something like oh, that. Oh, that's a thing. I forgot. Yeah, that's okay. Those are okay. That's all right. It's bearable. He's not doing that voice that he did in that Christmas animated movie. Oh, yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. torture, that shit. It's not Christmas, though. It's Hanukkah, okay? Stop being or racist. Or, like, uh, Bedtime oh, yeah. Stories. <laughs> or bedtime Stories is bad. Or click. Like, those are, you know, those are really bad. <laughs> yeah, is there just none of his comedies that any of us like? I, I've I've never really been an Adam Sandler person so I, no i will at some point watch little nicky again just for nostalgia because i watched that and liked it when i was much younger but i don't think i will like it when i see it as an adult yeah you know i grew up around the time adam sandler was making family movies so i saw some of them mm-hmm. like bait like bedtime stories they're terrible <laughs> they're not like they're not like um that's my boy where they're just offensive they're just usually just really bad but wedding singer that yeah. would be my answer I, I don't even know if I've seen... It's like a, okay. Billy Madison. Because that's early. That's like early era. I'll have know. to check out Billy that's Madison. That's not even good. And Happy Gilmore <laughs> I saw when his, I was younger, um, but I don't remember it. His uh, Judd Apatow movie. What's it called? It? Isn't he what? Funny, Funny people. people? I forgot about that one. I just oh, assumed they were... That was bad. They, I assumed this question was asking about... The Happy Madison movies, like the ones he made with Rob Schneider, like Grown Ups. But I guess, I guess that one's one of them, right? That's like a, one of the better films he's been in. Yeah, Funny People. I could rewatch right? Fifty First Dates for nostalgia. Also, I don't know if Is I would that enjoy one? it. Yeah, Fifty First Dates. Yeah, maybe Don't Mess with the Zohan. Is that him? Yeah, I that was would not. That was actually watch. no. That was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I I spent about. 10 seconds walking through a room where other people were watching it and was like, I'm not going to sit down with you. <laughs> I, just left. I, need, I have things I yeah, need to get done. it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, it's shit. Yeah, it probably has a good cinema score. Let's check it out. <laughs> Adam Sandler? Oh, I bet his cinema scores are through the roof. Yeah, they must be. That movie was so funny. Yeah, you never know. There's some Grand that are like, really not well received. Jack and Jill. Like that, sh- that should be an F. Jack and Jill is a B. Oh, what? Awesome. A B. Okay. <laughs> it's the same score as Tenet. That's pretty good. What was the one I was just saying? Oh, yeah. Zohan. How do I even find something on this website? I, I found That's My Boy. That's there My Boy is, is a B minus. Oh, it's B minus. You don't mess with the Zohan. Okay. Jack and Jill's probably low, right? Oh, it's a B. Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. B. Fuck. <laughs> So he's got a lot of Bs. That's pretty good. Fifty first dates A minus. Mm-hmm. Little Nicky B minus. Okay, yeah. Adam Sandler's doing pretty good on Cinema Score. Yeah, they love him there. Very good 
Santa must score. Interesting. See, Jack and Jill wow. getting a B should be all the evidence you need that Cinema Score is bullshit. Like, I- ignore your personal <laughs> feelings about the film. It is universally recognized as a bad movie. If you say Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill, the average person will be like, that's a piece of shit. You know? What is the IMDb Both for Jack and films Jill? have Bs. Let's see. Grown Ups 1 and 2, B. Jack and Jill has a 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb. I think that's more accurate for how a person feels about that movie. B and B minus for Paul Blart and Paul Blart 2. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a little off. All right. <laughs> yeah. Is that enough? I think, I think we get the message. Next. What about this one from Whiskey Food? For Ralph and Alex, with Adam now getting tendonitis from editing, have you ever gotten any injuries from working too much? Have you ever gone that far, Ralph, with the old... No. Repetitive strain injury. I've come close a couple of times. Um, I've, I've been do, noticing lately, on. actually, a kind of stiffness sort of in my, my clicking finger, but uh-huh. it's never gone far enough as it has with Adam. It's, that's actually kind of scared me. You describing your experience mm-hmm. with it, it seems, seems like a real nightmare, all that. Let it be a warning. I got that a trackball mouse now. It seems to be helping. Do um, you rate that? Because I use this weird, like, vertical mouse. I got the vertical to help, one you but... told me about. And it wasn't for me. It yeah, it wasn't very comfortable. I it's sitting in front of me right now. It was kind of awkward to use. So yeah, it's like a shark fin. It's quite yeah, weird. The MX vertical. But it, yeah, when I did swap to that though, it did stop my finger hurting. That's so. good. Yeah, the Logitech trackball mouse is working out really well. Just have you can make it kind of vertical too. You can adjust it so that it's horizontal or vertical would you just use the palm of your hand instead or uh no it's instead of a trackball it's a trackball mouse so essentially you have the same functionality as a mouse uh, where you have like the buttons are the same however instead of moving around your wrist on top of a pad or your desk or whatever there's just a ball where the thumb is and that's how you navigate where the mouse is and you can set it to whatever sensitivity you want there's like a precision button if you want it to be like super precise and then you can just press the precision button again so that it's you know moves fast it's been helping for sure i've been improving and i'm just trying to keep my work and general lifestyle in a way where i can continue noticing improvements and then we'll see I guess maybe at the end of the year, then I'll start my second row playthrough again <laughs> and start doing that during the week. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to do games that aren't as uh, button mashy, you know? Mass Effect is just conversations. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Slim Knave left one for us. What are some of your parents' favorite films? Hmm. My dad really likes the Man With No Name trilogy. Yeah, that's cool. Yes, yeah, quite a dad sort of trilogy yeah. to love. Very, very on. dad movies. Yeah. And then I have to think about a specific one that my mom likes, so I'll come back to it. You guys yeah. say some stuff. My dad likes Gladiator. That's probably his favorite with Russell Crowe. Yeah, my dad likes Lord of the Rings. Or... My mom weirdly is, likes Joker a lot. Um... Oh, she's a jokester. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom likes Joker and the rest of your family likes trains. That's cool. <laughs> I like trains. <laughs> I like Twain. <laughs> Fuck Christ. Yeah. 
Hmm. Did your did your parents' film taste affect your guys' trajectory much at all? Because a lot of the sort of classic eighties, nineties films like Train Spotting and your Fight Clubs and you know, all the obvious shit, and, you know, Alien and whatnot, sort of came through my parents when I was fairly young. Hmm. Or did you have to kind of find it more on your own? No, I found a lot of stuff on my own. I found most stuff on my own. Yeah, my dad showed me like stuff your dad would show you, <laughs> Terminator, you know, yeah. war movies. He'd show me. Those are cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like stuff like that. Halloween, I guess that was one. Mm-hmm. He was never a fan of Alien. He's not he's not like science fiction fantasy. Like he doesn't like anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, like Lord of the Rings. He like he likes Lord of the Rings, the war stuff. Like he likes the yeah. second one, but not the third one. Because that's when it gets really fantasy heavy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's a anything realistic. Or more mm-hmm. realistic, yeah. Alien yeah. has, you know, an alien in it or <laughs> Even though I don't have like a specific one in my head right now, I can tell whether or not my mom will enjoy a movie for the most part. She likes good things, things that I would call good. Maybe she likes some things that I would call bad. But for the most part, as long as it's not like overly violent or gratuitous, like she just doesn't like that kind of stuff. She doesn't like it being overly sexual or violent. I think my mom has good taste. Like we watched Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Like that's a violent movie, but it's Mm -hmm. good. Like it's a good movie. She liked that, you know. Yeah. She wouldn't watch um I don't know Total Recall, <laughs> like something like that. <laughs> but yeah, like any drama, any good drama, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, my mom really liked The Secret in Their Eyes. I showed that to her. She really liked that. Yeah, one. like that. In terms of my parents influencing my film taste, I would say that most of most of what I was really wanting to see i kind of had to watch on my own i had to seek them out i had to find them however i guess in terms of influencing the way i think about films they've probably had some impact i have a lot of memories of my dad just being like that's stupid like we would be watching a movie and he would just start complaining about something like in a different way than me but like just like that's not what would happen that's dumb yeah. I remember, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but there was a movie called Jack Frost, I think with Michael Keaton. And the plot of that film oh, yeah, is I that know. the dad character dies and is resurrected as a uh, snowman, basically. Uh, and it's like a family movie, I guess. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. The but it's like, oh, my creepy. dad's a snowman. And I remember my dad like took me and my brother aside. He was like, I need you to understand this right now. If your dad dies, he's dead forever. He's not coming back as a snowman. He was like really offended oh that the movie would teach children like, oh, if my dad dies, I'll be a snowman, dad. Like he was, he was like offended at the idea that it would teach kids that and he just made sure like your dad's not coming back if he dies it was really funny but yeah that's burned into my memory i wonder why (laughs) what about you alex oh did i not did i not answer i have a bad brain i don't know yeah although um for some reason it's not my it's not to do with my parents favorite films necessarily but just clashing with my family in terms of films and whatnot whatever year the favorite came out um oh yeah what was that, like 2019 or something? Yeah, somewhere like Around that. Christmas time, I remember coming together with my family and talking to my nan about it, and she was like really anti that movie for some reason, because she was watching it purely 100% from a historical perspective. Oh. And I was just like, I was like, oh my god, I, I, I can't even engage with this conversation because we're just watching these movies from just such different angles. Like, I, I can't even 
even break this down at this point, but mm. yeah, it's interesting the way people in your family interpret movies differently and whatnot. I think that about does it uh, for questions. I just realized I'm, I need to start my stream pretty soon. So, okay. all right, thanks for nice questions, everybody. Nice. There is a recommendation from myself. I switched recommendations Big with Ralph. One. So we'll have to remember after Alex's mm-hmm. next one, it goes back to me and then Ralph just to correct the... So we'll just have <laughs> sure. to remember that. The timeline, so yeah. So we have more Get time. Time watch yeah. yeah. So we, had, yeah. we recorded this episode we a little bit time. early just because of a scheduling thing and I wanted to make sure that there was enough yeah. time to watch this is for a film that is also... There's a, there's a five-episode miniseries. And so... Um, hmm. uh, you can watch the film. I'm going to watch the miniseries version. The film is just cut down from the miniseries. It's Fanny and Alexander from uh, uh, Ingmar Bergman. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and I have okay. the um, miniseries version in the Criterion. You can watch whatever you want. You can watch the film or the miniseries. It doesn't matter. It's a two-hour difference. So the film's three hours and eight minutes, and the miniseries is like five hours or something. I'm not sure, but... I'm going to watch the miniseries. Is there a recommended version? or? I mean, the miniseries is, I think, the intended version, and it got cut down into a film. So I think the miniseries was okay. like the intended version. But yeah, let us know uh, in the comments if you think that uh, there's a better version. I, I don't know. It seems to be that the miniseries is better. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm excited to see it, because I've seen some old, older Bergmans, but I haven't seen... His newer Bergmans. Yeah. And I guess this this is is newer considered in the 80s or whatever. Anyway, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled for Fanny and Alexander, or if you want to correct me and say that the movie was the original intent in the (laughs) miniseries, maybe I'll I'll change my mind about what I'm watching. But anyway, yeah, I do want to watch the miniseries. Uh, If you don't want to be spoiled for it, uh, watch it before next episode these episodes come out every two weeks and uh you can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com signing up for premium it's two dollars a month that's 50 cents a week that's like nothing or go to patreon.com slash sardonicast it's the same it's a patreon you know how it is we got merch also anyway yeah looking forward to talking about failing Fally and Anne F and A. Alexander. Fanny Fanny yeah. and Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Neither Two of you have seen it? Weeks. No, no. no. What Bergman what Bergmans it. have you seen? Bor- I don't know. Borgman. Uh, I can pull up the letterbox quick. Uh <laughs> the Seventh Seal is a big one. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's been a yeah, while. I've seen the Seventh Seal a long time and ago. Persona. Persona, yeah. I've yeah. seen Persona. Okay. So Persona's we- good. We have a bit of familiarity with it. All right. Yeah. I've got it definitely familiar. Let me just check. I might have a... No, I think that's that's exactly it. Okay, we've Winter seen Light the same one. one I want to see. Yeah. Which one's the one you want to see? Oh, and The, the Magician. I've seen The Magician, which is actually okay. very good. Max von Sydow's in it. He's The Magician. <laughs> I would like to re- recommend that one. Yeah, maybe. I'm curious about this. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, anyway, I guess that's it for now. Okay. All right, thanks for listening, <laughs> cool, everybody. Cool. Have a happy Thanks, Shrek uh, and better Fanny, your happy Alexander. Christmas. Everybody. From the tomorrow, <laughs> the war that tomorrow will happen in. Bye. Fanny. Fanny.